What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sweat the Bet, presented by Odds Jam, with your host, Matt underscore Modi underscore Bets and Parlay Doc. Hope you enjoy. All right, and we are good. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Sweat the Bet podcast, brought to you by OddsJam.com. For those of you who aren't using OddsJam, why aren't you using one of the bets, <laughs> one of the best sports betting software tools out there where you can find positive EV betting alerts, arbitrage alerts, easy line shopping, get the edge on the sports book by using OddsJam.com. So my name is Andrew Kim. I am one of your hosts here at the Sweat the Bet podcast. And I'm here today with my co-host, Matt Modi. What is up, Matt? What is up, Andrew? How are we doing? Good, good, my friend. We are getting into the home stretch, about to start the NBA playoffs, and I cannot wait until we can kind of get there, get past these last few games that are remaining. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I am pumped for the NBA playoffs to start. I know, me too. A Sunday is the last day of regular season games, and then I think the play-in is like Tuesday or Wednesday, yep. and then the playoffs start the following, I think, Saturday or Sunday, so it's very exciting times. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. So we had that little lull with March Madness, and uh, you know that was fun. That was fun watching, you know, the upsets in the beginning, you know, and then, you know, gosh, it would have been nice to, you know, to see uh, UNC kind of close that out there for me. But... I know. That was <laughs> devastating. <laughs> But anyway, so what we're going to talk about today for our opening tip-off, here is what we're talking about today. Today, we are focusing on the Eastern Conference play-in scenarios, okay? We're going to talk Eastern Conference play-ins. We did Western Conference last time, if you've been following us here on our podcast. And in addition to that, we're also going to talk about what the hell happened to the (laughs) Lakers. What the hell happened to this Lakers season? Because look... I think we all, you know, as fans were kind of laughing, being like, man, this, just, this is just kind of a crap show, man. But I don't think a lot of us could have predicted until the recent weeks that they wouldn't even make the freaking play-in. So we're going to just comment on that a little bit as well. So, Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, like the whole season people were like, man, can you imagine if the Lakers only make the play-in? Now it's like, not, didn't, didn't even make the play-in. Didn't even make the play-in. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. So, all right, let's get right to it. We are going to kick off our show with our initial segment of Sweat or No Sweat. So, in honors of the Masters kicking off this week, I got a Sweat or No Sweat for you here, man. So, the Brooklyn Nets, although they are headed for the play-in, the Brooklyn Nets have a better chance of winning the Eastern Conference than Tiger Woods does of finishing in the top five. Sweat or no sweat? Well, I can't pretend to be a huge golf guy, but I imagine his first tournament back in what, like a year or two, a year and a half. I forget the exact time frame. It's probably going to be tough. I think the Nets are still the betting favorite. Uh, last time I checked to come out of the East. So I think that is a no sweat. I no think sweat. that is, I think the Nets coming out, it was, it was come out of the East, right? Or did coming it out of the East. Yeah. Coming out of the East as the champs. Yep. Yeah. I'd love, I'd like to compare the odds on that. Look at the odds. We should. We should take yeah, a look later. Yeah, odds coming out or the the <laughs> odds on the Nets coming out of the East versus Tiger finishing top five. I'm sure you could find odds for Tiger. I know there are odds for the Nets. So either way, I'm going no sweat on that one. No sweat. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll go no sweat. So, I mean, Tiger. I mean, the last I checked, I could be wrong. Maybe it's changed, but I think he actually had a pretty good first round here. I think he's he finished somewhere in, in in the top ten in the first round. But I agree with you. I don't know how sustainable that is. I'm um, obviously be an awesome narrative, but if I had to put money on it, yeah, I'd probably 
I'd probably say I'd, I'd put some money on the Nets, you know, in my opinion. So yeah. but maybe maybe we can submit that to points bet to the points bet name a bet, and let's see if they'll throw out some odds for that. So. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> what's what, what's more likely? What if they both? Yeah. What if they both happen? That bet just voids. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, mine is also Nets related. Um, okay. Mine is no matter what who they play in the first round, the Nets are going to win their first round series, regardless of who the opponent is. Oh man. So you, I mean, right now it's looking the most likely it'll be the two seed, which right now is the Boston Celtics. If the Bucks win tonight, they would be in the two seed, um, which I think of all the teams that makes me the most nervous of this bet, I would say probably the Bucks. But regardless, the Nets will not lose their first round matchup, no matter oh, who they play. Man, 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 man. That is a tough one. So. I mean, I'm fa- I'm factoring in a couple things. I mean, it's like in the playoffs, you tighten your rotations, right? So you tighten your rotation, you just ride KD and Kyrie, and I mean, what more do you need than that? I mean, you make them just say, just shoot every shot. You're going to maybe try to hope that they get 70 for you a game or something like that. So that's tough to match up with, but I- I'd say sweat because I, I think, you know, oh, man. I mean, just the other teams are just so much more well-rounded. And, you know, I think the Celtics might have a tough time matching up offensively, despite having Tatum and Brown. But defensively, they have the edge. Bucks are just, you know, they're the champs. They got a well-rounded team. Heat, even though they can just fizzle out with a fart, I mean, they have, a, on paper, they got a well-rounded team in, in all area, in most areas. So, I'd say it's going to be a sweat. I think I think they're going to man. They're going to make it tough for any of the three. But I I agree with you. I think the Bucks would probably finish them off. I could see them knocking off the Celtics. You know, even with that stout defense. And I don't know the Heat. It's hard to predict with the Heat sometimes. So yeah, I, I'd say it's going to be close. But I'd still say it's a sweat. About what about you? Yeah, I think I think that's. I mean, so it really it depends on the opponent. I think they would beat the Celtics. I think they would beat the Heat, and I think they would beat the Sixers. Honestly, they'd probably beat the Sixers in like five. I don't think the Sixers would have any chance in that series. But the Bucks is the one team that makes me the most nervous, which is unfortunate because it looks like that's the most likely. I mean, I guess it depends on if the Bucks win tonight, but they play the Celtics and the Celtics are missing or not missing, but they're resting Horford and Tatum. So it's looking likely that the Nets, assuming they win their first playing game, which I think we both think is going to happen, regardless of who they end up playing, um, which would make them the seventh seed. So they'd play the two seed. So I think... Um, the Bucks one that makes me the most nervous. I think if it was Nets Bucks, I'd probably take the Bucks to win that series. But just if it's against the field and I have the option of the Celtics Heat or Sixers, I think the Nets win any of those series. So, um, so not not not, not high that. confidence though. Not high confidence in your home in the Sixers. You're you're not gonna. No, there's no there's no chance the Sixers <laughs> win that series. Absolutely no, no chance. chance. Even no. Joe. So who's who's gonna stop Joel? Who's gonna stop Joel? Doc Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> what's really what's okay. gonna happen is good answer. Happen- okay, good answer. Good answer. Okay. Yeah. What's really gonna happen is it's gonna be the same thing that happened in the Toronto series with the Kawhi shot, where Embiid is a plus one twelve in that series and like in um i forget the exact dip minute differential but he's a you know he's a plus 90 and without him the sixers are minus 112 so i think that's what's yeah. going to happen and in okay. game seven alone fair enough he was a plus nine in 46 minutes in the game they lost by two so i think whatever happens they're just going to get annihilated in the minutes he doesn't play sure okay okay fair enough fair enough 
All right, so let's move on to the bulk of our show, the meat and potatoes. We are talking today, going in-depth, about the Eastern Conference play-in. So let's get started. Let's give you the context right now. If today things were to stop today, basically the teams mostly have two games left. The Hornets have three games left. But if the season were to stop today, this would be the rankings right now at the bottom half of the, the, the Eastern Conference. You'd have seventh place. You have the Cavs at 43-37 and 37 today. Eighth place, the Nets at 42 and 38. You got the Hawks at ninth place, 42 and 38. And then the Hornets barely make the cut at 10th at 40 and 39. So right now, as it stands, if the season ended, we'd have the uh, you know Cavs and Nets playing each other to battle to lock in the seventh seed. Then we'd have the Hawks and the Hornets to determine who's going to be eliminated. And then the winner of that would play the the loser of the seventh eighth game to see who's going to lock in the eighth seed basically so so let's get started okay so let's assume uh Cavs end up seventh Nets end up eighth I think both of us already kind of made this a little anticlimactic but Cavs (laughs) versus Nets who would win and why so who secures the seventh seed in that seven eight game um so I'll get kick it off by saying look I, I think both of us stated the obvious I think we're both going with the Nets I mean for me the rationale is I've been kind of disappointed in in the Cavs. I mean, granted, they've had injuries, you know, in in recent weeks. They've been missing Allen, Mobley now, even on top of that. So they're kind of twin tower, that kind of stout interior defense, guarding the paint, limiting drives. That hasn't been there. So that explains part of why there's been kind of this letdown. Um, But still, I mean, the problem is every team is dealing with injuries, right? So you got to figure out how to win and how to battle through those injuries. And if I'm not mistaken, they might be like three and seven in the last 10. So they're kind of kind of like my Bulls limping into the playoffs right now. You know, so you want to be going in with momentum. You want to be healthy. So health is a concern. Momentum is a concern. Um, And look, they're a great, exciting young team. But it's it's, again, you're playing the Nets. You're all in. Um, If if basically, you know, KD, Kyrie, no, this is just a must-win one game, I could see both of them literally taking, I don't know, 30-something shots apiece. So can you keep yeah. up with that firepower? Um, and they don't necessarily, you know, have to drive and go into the interior and, you know, uh, face, you know, Allen or Mobley in the paint. That I mean, they could just kill you from the outside. So um, I just see, I just see, you know, the Cavs having a hard time keeping up on the offensive end, and just just from the experience level, we're seeing them falter kind of at the finish line. High high pressure game, you know. So those are the factors I'm considering when I'm saying I, I just kind of see the Nets taking that one. Yeah, sorry for the barking dog in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with you. I'm I'm not I'm less concerned about them limping to the finish line, mostly because like if you're missing two fifths of your starting lineup, that's kind that's that's pretty tough. Um, and Mobley and Allen are like incredibly important specifically to their defense. Like they're the defensive anchors. And the reason why they're so good is because while they can both protect the rim, specifically Jared Allen, they're both also really good at stepping out. So they don't, they're not like Rudy Gobert or yeah. even like Joel Embiid. He, he could do it, but he prefers not to. They both guard the perimeter pretty well. Um, so I give them more of a pass than you do. on kind of limping towards the finish line. Obviously you would like that not to be the case, uh, and you are right. They are three and seven in, in their last 10, but the Nets are just too good. I mean, it's hard to bet in a one game situation, maybe Katie and Kyrie are cold. I find that unlikely to happen that both of them will be. Um, and sure. all they really need is one of them to go off. And the Nets defense as much maligned as they are, they, I mean, they stepped it up in the playoffs last year. They've stepped it up in games that are important. Uh, they have some decent individual defenders. Like Katie's awesome on defense. He just does so much 
on offense. Um, and then they had Bruce Brown isn't bad on defense. Um, so kind of break, I don't know, Blake Griffin's pretty much a corpse at this point. So <laughs> can't really bet much on True. him. But I think the Nets just have too much with, with Katie and Kyrie. And I think their defense will be fine enough to yeah. uh, get past the Cavs, in this, in the, especially in this round. I mean, I have the Nets winning their first round in general. So definitely in the play-in game, I think they're going to beat the Cavs. Yeah, I agree. And especially on the defensive comments. I mean, I, we've seen it before, you know, with KD, with Kyrie. It's just like, you know, they, they you know they're they're basically waiting the entire season to get to the postseason and then effort level goes up. And, and I think yeah. they are underrated, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. It's just it's literally comes down to effort. And when they know that, OK, this is their real season now, like this is what they've been waiting for. I think people forget, you know, Katie's a pretty good defender. You see that the length, the athleticism, do you, the wingspan, do you want to try to shoot over that with the jump? It's not easy, you know? So it's, you know, it's, um, so I agree with you for all those reasons. So, okay. So moving on now, and we look at the, the bottom two in the plan Hawks versus Hornets. Now this is a different scenario. You lose, you're out, you win, then you go battle for that eighth seed. So Hawks versus Hornets, you kick it off this time. So who is going to be eliminated and who will survive then to go fight for that other spot? Um, I think the Hawks end up taking this one. Um, they've kind of had a pretty disappointing year. I mean, a lot of people, including myself, expected them to have a much better regular season than they did. Like right now, they're 42 and 38. Um, the two games remaining, they play the Heat and they play um, the Rockets. So you imagine they'll go one and one. So they'll end the season with 43 wins, which is pretty disappointing for a team that just went to the finals. But you have to believe that a team that went through that playoff experience just kind of understands what it takes to win in the playoffs. Whereas the Hornets played in the playing game last year and just got absolutely annihilated in the first round, just got smoked um, to the uh, Pacers. I believe they lost to the Pacers. So um, the, the, I just trust the Hawks having gone through that playoff run. They're seven and three in their last 10. So at least they're playing better to end the season. Unlike the Cavs and the Hornets are six and four. So it's not like they've been terrible, but I generally just trust the, the playoff run the Hawks went on last year to to win this do or die game because unlike the other game, the Cavs and Nets, this loser's out, so like they have to win this game. Whereas I could see Katie and Kyrie. Obviously, they're not going to not try, but just having the understanding that if they lose, they get another chance at it. Whereas this Hawks Hornets game, it's you, you lose and you're done. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me on my end, I, I I'd agree. I mean, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning Hawks, and, and same thing. It's kind of a disappointing season. I, I think people would thought that we're, they were going to build off, you know, the success from last year. Obviously, it has been a letdown. But look, you're alive, right? You're alive. You just got to get there. Um, and I do think for for the experience factor, um, and also look with, with Trey. Trey's entertaining player. I love watching Trey Young play. I mean, he's infuriating, infuriating from a betting standpoint because the nights where you bet on his points, that's when he gets you 14 dimes. The nights yep. where you're like, okay, Trey, Trey's in facilitator mode. I'm going to take his over nine and a half assists. Then he drops 38 points, right? So it's like yeah. it's it could be frustrating sometimes. But, but because of that versatility, um, the experience factor, Trey Young, he can kind of read the game. He's like, okay, this is a game I got to pick up my team. He has the capability. I mean, unless he's like freaking ice cold, he has the capability. He can get you sometimes by volume, but he'll get you 28, 30, 32 points. And he's like, yeah. he, he's capable of doing that. And that's not out of his comfort zone. If it's a night where, you know, his team's rolling and, you know, and, and they're hitting their shots, he can be the facilitator and he can give you that balanced double-double type of game where he'll get you whatever, 18 points and then give you 12 assists. So, 
I feel like, you know, he has the experience. He can kind of adapt on the fly, kind of read the game as needed and be that leader to kind of just lead his team. I think it's just a matter of his, are his role players going to step up and hit their shots basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I do lean Hawks. I, I, I do think they're, they're going to be able to take that one. So that leads us into, so we, we're both leaning Hawks. So Hornets, bye-bye. See you <laughs> next time. Mature, hopefully get better next year. So then that's going to be Hawks. Hawks versus Cavs, it sounds like, where yep. we're saying, in, right? In Cleveland, yeah. In Cleveland. So now, what do you think about that? So we're going to wrap up with that. Hawks versus Cavs, who you take in? This is a tighter one, in my opinion, where it's, I agree. it's not so clear. So Yeah, I I don't know. I struggle with this one because I like – I mean, I love this Cavs team. I think if, if Allen and Mobley had stayed healthy, I think they firmly would have probably been like the four or five seed. I mean, that's where they were before both of them got hurt. And then they kind of, like you said, like we talked about, have struggled since. Um, Darius Garland's incredible. Um, Allen and Mobley are great on defense. Kevin Love can can still shoot from the bench. Same thing with Laurie Markin. And um, so, as much as I kind of chose the Hawks to win their first game because of the playoff experience, I actually think the Cavs win this one. I think getting those two back, um, they might have some growing pains at first, which is what the Nets game is for. But I don't think they would lose to the Hawks. I think I have I would have the Cavs winning that game. Um, like I, I love Garland. I think that they'll be able to do enough. Um, like the, the Trey Young annihilated the Sixers in the playoffs last year because the Sixers play a drop defense. So you just set a screen for Trey Young and you can either sure. you can either do a sure. floater, a, a, a six foot floater, or if Embiid steps up, he just um, he just lobs it to Capella. I think the Cavs are a little bit more equipped to handle that defensively because they have they don't they don't drop Mobley or Allen as much. So I think they might be able to limit Trey Young to like. I don't know, 25 points and eight assists as opposed to like 30 and 10, you know? Uh, So I think the Cavs would win that game, but it is close. I mean, I think it'd be a toss up regardless. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I I guess we're pretty aligned. I I, I am leaning Cavs on that one. So if if it ends up being Cavs Hawks, I'm going to take the Cavs in the sense that, you know, the Hawks, man, I mean, they're, they're just like a, they're just a defensive sieve. Right. So I, I think, from a matchup perspective, as much as the Cavs sometimes can struggle, you know, on on the offensive end, I think this is a game where it is a good matchup for them offensively speaking. And I feel like, you know, they they can kind of you know potentially keep up to some degree on offense. And I think kind of the defensive matchup, all the things you already said, so I won't repeat it. But like for for all those reasons on the defensive end, I think it'll be tougher for the style of play that the Hawks have. And I think, you know, Kevin Love, I mean, he's been solid. So, you yeah. know, I feel like this could be one of those games where you unleash Kevin Love and he just kind of gives you his all. He gets five threes. <laughs> he and gets five, five threes. Swings the game. Couple of dimes, you know. And, and, and I feel like he, he could, you know, he really could be like somewhat of that X factor in a series like this where, yeah. where, you, where you just need that guy to step up. And, and he has been relatively solid, I, I will say. So to give him some credit, you know, in the limited role he's been in sometimes. So I, I, I am going to lead in Cavs. I, I think just for it's that, that defensive edge, Hawks' defense is just terrible. I think, I think they'd be able to – it could be an ugly game, but I could see him grinding. They want it to be an ugly game and grind it out, and I can see that happening. So Yeah, how about that for a ladder play? Just yeah, stack a bunch of Kevin Love three-pointer <laughs> props. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can, you can just see it, like – the, the the game's like tied five minutes left in the fourth quarter and Kevin Love comes in and drills like three straight and everyone's like like turning back the clocks Kevin Love you can just you can just see it um but yeah I agree and I also think they like there's like a coaching advantage between the Cavs and the Hawks I mean Nate McMillan 
I mean, he he got the extension, or he, he was an interim coach last year, got the extension after the playoff run. But his the whole MO on him when he was with Indiana was that he wouldn't adjust. He would just play the same thing over and over again. And that's my issue with Doc Rivers. And I think that J.B. Bickerstaff has shown he could be a little bit creative. So if there's something that's not working at halftime, they'd be willing to make adjustments, unlike the Hawks. So while that that's more important in a series when things are game to game, I do think it can be important for a do-or-die game where at halftime, Bickerstaff is like, you know what, this isn't working. And then he switches it up. Whereas McMillan just says, no, this is how we play. This is what we're going to do. So I do think there's an advantage on the coaching matchup as well in that game. Sure. Sounds good. So, okay. So it seems like Matt and I are pretty aligned on how the plan is going to go and the outcome. So that brings us to the, the ultimate big picture question is, does it even matter? So will any of the, the teams that survive the play-in, so we're, we're saying it's going to be the Nets, you know, locking in number seven and the Cavs locking in number eight. Does it even matter? Because will either of these play-in teams really have a chance to make, you know, some noise and actually make a deep run in the Eastern Conference? So it sounds like both of us are already saying there's a chance with the Nets. Ultimately, I'm going to say I just – I don't think the Nets are going to be able to – make it all the way. I, I think at some point they're going to run into a wall and whether it's the Bucks or, you know, you know, maybe the heat, I, I just, I see that they're going to fall just short. So yeah. at the end of the day, I'm going to say the Cavs aren't going to be able to make it too far. And I think the Nets as difficult as it will be and as scary as it would be to play Katie and Kyrie, they're going to fall just short in my opinion. So I'm going to say at the end of the day, it won't matter because one of those top seeds are going to still make it to the end of the Eastern conference finals. So, yeah, I'm with you on like, no matter who comes out of the non nets section, like whether it's Cavs, Hawks or Hornets, I mean, that team's not making any noise, no matter who they play in the first round. I think that's like a five game series, no matter who plays who Um, I do. Like, like I said, in my, in my sweater, no sweat, I do think that the nets um, have a chance to win. I think, Without the matchups set up, I would probably say if the Hawks, or excuse me, if the Nets and the uh, Bucks are matched up in the first round, I'd probably say the winner of that series probably goes to the finals. Sure. Uh, it would be my would be my guess because I think the Celtics. Maybe it depends with with Robert Williams, but that hurts them pretty significantly on the defensive end. He just helps with how they're able to play, with how versatile he is. Um, I don't trust kind of like we've talked about that that they, that they have enough offensively. Um, I kind of have the same issue with the Heat where I think they can grind it out with any team. I think eventually, like, five minutes left, who's scoring? Sure. Jimmy Butler had that incredible run in the bubble, but that's kind of been that's – not, that's not been the standard for him. That was more of, like, a surprise. Whereas every team, even if you include the Sixers with Harden and Embiid, probably have a better, a better score, if not two better scorers, than the Heat will. So sure. I don't have a lot of faith in the Heat. I mean, Spo's great. I love Spo. And that team has a lot of <laughs> – tough-minded people that you don't want to play in a playoff series. Sure. But I just think the Nets are, would be too much for them offensively if they play in the first round. So does it matter? No, for whoever the non-Nets team is, because <laughs> they're going to get smoked. But I think, the, I mean, I think maybe I'm too high on them just because of the talent, but I think they could, they could if they get matched up, uh, they could somehow avoid the Bucks. I think they could easily make it to the finals. Like I could easily see a path for them making it to the finals. Yeah. No. The more I listen to you, no, I agree. I I, I feel like the Celtics. It's the offensive end that's going to be the problem. It really is. And and you're right. And and losing Williams that hurts them on the defense. So are they going to be as stout with the defense? You know. Tatum, as much as he drives me crazy, I mean, you know he's going to get his. He's going to get whatever, 26, 28 a game, minimum. I mean, he's going to get you that in a playoff series. 
And then it's it's really that X factor of can can Jalen Brown be consistent, right? And then and then there's a big drop off from there. Like, yeah, Marcus Smart, it's nice. He's a very solid role player, but streaky shooter. Streaky shooter. Yeah. Horford, solid, but again, you know, how. I mean, how in a playoff series he's so old like yeah ex- exactly i mean i i love him i like the guy but it's it's tough so you know I, I i can definitely see the case versus the celtics and i can see definitely what you're saying with the, with the heat you're right for me i just see i see the bucks as the biggest problem me too for, for the nets so 100 so yeah it, so. i think the heat are so reliant on like non-isolation scoring it's like it's setting screens for duncan robinson and tyler hero it's not just like give this guy the ball and, and let him go to work, which I think at the end of the day in the playoffs, that's what, that's what wins. Yep. All right. So that is our breakdown of the Eastern conference play. in so hope you guys enjoyed that little breakdown and debate. So the last part of our meat and potato section is what the hell happened to the Los Angeles Lakers. So look, the obvious things will get them out of the way. There's tons of injuries. You know, the, the main stars didn't get as much time on the court together as you would have liked. So that that's odd. To be fair to them, a lot of injuries. What can you do? You can't really control for that. Now, look, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. I'm a huge MJ fan. So trust me when I say um, LeBron James is not my favorite player. But for those people out there who are like, this is all on LeBron. This is all his fault. Okay, maybe the GM angle, fine, whatever, the player GM, but LeBron James's stats, 30.3 points per game, 8.2 rebounds a game, 6.2 assists a game, 1.3 steals, and 1.1 blocks. Delete the name LeBron James, insert any other name, and you would say, who the hell is this guy? He is freaking amazing. Now you insert LeBron James's name, and you say, oh, stat stuffer, meaningless, blah, 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 can't carry his team to be a winner. So individually, it's hard to say that he didn't rise to the occasion. At his age, to put those stats up, to me, is insane. So I don't think it's from his individual floor performance. So in one to two minutes, Matt, sum up for me what were the X factors of what led to this disastrous letdown season besides LeBron James, I mean, besides the injuries, what else were the factors in your mind that kind of let, led to this letdown? Yeah, I'll give you two minutes of hard-hitting analysis, diving, in, <laughs> diving into the numbers on exactly what went wrong. Uh, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, that's definitely part of it. I could not have imagined – Oh, worst teammate. Um, I mean, the Le- LeBron, the stat thing, you're right. I mean, you really can't take away how incredible those stats are, especially like a 50-point game is a 50-point game. It's not sure. like the Kobe when he got 60 points in his last game where he took 55 shots, whatever it was. But I do think there is something to LeBron has kind of mastered how he can sleepwalk through a game and put up 25, 8, and 8. You know, sure. it, it takes me back to that first his last playoff series with the Cavs, the first time, like the first round against the Celtics when they lost in six, LeBron was legitimately bad in that series. But if you just look up the stats, it's like he was like 25, eight and seven or something like that. Something ridiculous where you're like, oh, he had a good series. So he's kind of mastered how he can like just not try and still put up stats. But you have to put an effort to get those 50 point games. So I'm not taking away anything there. Honestly, the biggest problem with the Lakers, I don't think it's like this profound of a statement, but that roster is just bad. They're just really just a bad roster. Like Russell Westbrook is not a good fit between LeBron and and AD. They need someone like Chris Paul who doesn't need the ball, but can facilitate if he he needs to. Um, 
Another problem, Anthony Davis's jump shot just totally failed him. He like shot really well in the bubble and, and hasn't shot the same since. And then surrounding those three, it's just not a good roster. I mean, like Carmelo Anthony is fun because of you know he's a legend, but he's old sure. and he's not good. Dwight Howard is is hasn't been good since 2012. Um, and like what? There's like Malik Monk. There's Austin Reeves, undrafted rookie, is starting. I just that roster just stinks. I mean, like. Yeah. THT had a flash and I thought, you know, maybe he was going to take a next step, but he really, if anything, regressed in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, like if you think about the Lakers were like seconds away from pulling off the deal for Buddy Heald. And sure. I think the trade was THT and I forget who else it was. They didn't want to give up THT, whatever it was, they didn't want to give him up. So they, sure. they pivoted and they traded their entire roster for Russell Westbrook and couldn't re-sign Alex Caruso, yeah. which has just been like disastrous. So I think the, who deserves the biggest blame is the front office. Or if you think that's LeBron runs the front office, then fine. He's the, he's sure. the reason why, but the, the, the legitimate, that roster just stunk. It's like a terrible roster. Yeah. Poorly built. No one can shoot. The only plus shooter is LeBron. Who's like, I wouldn't, you wouldn't consider him a shooter. Uh, Cause he's so much more than that. And then Malik Monk, the only two who can really shoot yeah. on that team. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you know, for the sake of time, I'd say it personnel roster is just not built well. I mean, you, you, you needed some more role players that are just pure shooters that could just knock down some shots. And at a certain point in the season, I'm just like, look, man, and I know it comes down to pride and, you know, Russ wants his starter minutes. He's still a star, but it's like at a certain point, if I were Vogel, I'd say this just is not working. And I would have just figured out how to convince the teams that we got to stagger you guys. And, you know, you're almost better off, in my opinion, having, and I know he wouldn't have done it, but have Russ come out and just lead the B unit and just crush the other team's bench unit, you know, and then there, then you got something, right? It's like, then you might get a better plus minus differential during those bench, bench unit minutes. Um, have him lead that team, lead that squad. There wasn't much to lead, but you know he he's so bald. Like you said, he's so ball dominant, right? He's not a jump. He's not an off the ball shooter. He's not going to run around a bunch of screens to then catch a ball to shoot it like Steph, right? He's he needs the ball. He's just going to put his head down, run downhill. He's a ball dominant guy, and it's like it just it was. You're right. It's not good chemistry, and the roster wasn't built very well. So I I, yeah. I think you know. Yeah, I mean, not only. Can Russ not shoot, but he shoots a lot. And when he doesn't have the ball, he just he just stands there. So like he's just I mean, I couldn't not imagine a worse player to pair with with LeBron as someone who can't shoot, who needs the ball and, and doesn't move off ball. He just stands there and doesn't even play defense. So Yep. All right, guys. So for all of you DGens who watch just to kind of, you know, take our picks or tail our picks. So we're moving on to our NBA best bets to wrap up the show. So so we decided to say, look, so for those of you who are just kind of, you know, following the popular trends, betting with the public money, nothing wrong, whatever, the most bet NBA player props for tonight. So looking at the current money coming in right now, these are not our picks, but these are the top player props that are being bet on as we speak. So top number one, Joel Embiid over 32 and a half points, the most popular player prop tonight. Number two. Joel Embiid over 12 and a half rebounds. So everyone's got a lot of Embiid love going chalk tonight. And number three, Carl Anthony Towns or Cat over 23 and a half points. Those are the top three most bet NBA player props tonight. Go ahead and go look those up. So I'll kick it off. Um, these, This is my first pick. I got Trey Jones on the Spurs over 16 and a half points and rebounds. So a combo prop, points and rebounds over 16 and a half points and rebounds. I took it for minus 125 on points bet. 
I'm taking it for a couple reasons. Uh, without Murray, so Murray's not playing tonight. Without Murray, the hit rate on this is about a 70% hit rate of hitting this line and going over on that. So pretty good statistical hit rate when Murray's not there. Basically, other guys have to step up. They got to eat up some of those PRAs. Um, yep. You know, so I'm hoping that he continues that trend. Um, they're playing Minnesota. They're 24th in points allowed, 23rd in rebounds allowed. So that's why I'm doing points, rebounds. Um, he's got a good hit rate without Murray. This is a good matchup for that, this spe- this specific combo. An alternative is if you just want to go points, I can't blame you for that, going over 12.5. You could probably get that for minus 116, minus 118 on FanDuel right now. So I think either of those options are good. So you do your own research, but I'm going to do the combo option and do points rebounds. Yeah, I like it. I, I saw this, this, that I saw that point play as a play earlier. Um, that's the Joel Embiid over 32 points I thought was interesting because I think, I mean, he really, really wants the MVP. He, you could tell that he really wants it. And sure. I'm not here to argue with him or Jokic. I think both are incredibly deserving as well as Giannis. Um, but I can, so I understand why people are betting him to go over 32 and a half, but he historically struggles against the Raptors. Nick nurse is like a mad scientist on defense and just knows how to stop Embiid. Um, so I actually, as one of my official player prop plays, I actually took him to go under 32 and a half. Ooh. Under on your guy, under on your guy, huh? Okay. Yeah. okay. Maybe it's a little bit of a of a bet against the heart type thing. So if he blows <laughs> up, I'm like, I'm happy because you know it's Embiid. But if he do- and like 32 points is a lot. Like he could put up yeah. 31, 11, and, and five assists and have a great game. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. So, no. That's a can't lose bet. That's a can't lose bet. That's what I call that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but my best bet, I. Um, I got in on the Bucks minus five and a half before they announced that the Celtic starters were out. So that one you can't get anymore. But yeah, one nice. I did really like is Giannis over 12 and a half rebounds. Okay. Um, okay. He averages like 11 and a half on the year. Uh, but if you just look at games in which he plays like the elites of the NBA, like just recently he put up 40 points and 14 rebounds in back-to-back games against the Sixers and the Nets. So now he plays the Celtics, even without their best players. I think, Giannis just like seems like the type of guy who's like takes these matchups personally and and tries incredibly hard. So, um, lo- like Bucks lost to the Mavs and then they played the Bulls and just smoked them. So he didn't really play a ton of minutes in that game. So I can I can see him trying hard. Over twelve and a half rebounds was my favorite bet for that favorite player prop for that game. Nice, nice, nice. I like it. And yeah, and and similarly, I have a Giannis prop for that game. I'm taking Giannis over four and a half assists at minus 128. I think I caught that on FanDuel. Yep, FanDuel minus 128 Giannis over four and a half assists. Um, And look, from a trend standpoint, this isn't similar to my Trey Jones one. He's only, you know, hit this about 50% in the last 10. And yes, people are going to say, Celtics stout D, but we've already talked about it a few times in the show. Right now, there's no Williams. Tonight, they've announced there's no Tatum, no Horford. So that interior, um, you know, right now, you've basically lost a core of your def- defense. So that all those defensive metrics are basically out the door. So I can see Giannis in this game. I agree with you. I think now the Celtics are probably going to just cruise. Yeah. And knowing that that's the case, I, I do agree with you. I think he's going to play aggressive. He still wants to make that case for MVP. But at a certain point, I feel like they're going to have the lead. He's going to be able to drive whenever he wants to, and those drives are going to lead to some kickout opportunities. And maybe at some point he's going to take the gas off the pedal a little bit and distribute. So I'm hoping, even though it's just a 50% hit rate in the last 10 games, this is a matchup without that interior defense being there, all that length being gone. There's a chance there's going to be a lot of drive and kickouts. So I'm hoping that his teammates will convert, basically. Make their shots, yeah. Hopefully. 
You know what this means is that he's going to go for like 50 points and no rebounds. <laughs> That's what's going to happen now. <laughs> one of us should get this, but yeah, you're right. This is this will be one of the games. It'll be 60 points, yeah, exactly. six rebounds, one dime. Basically. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be one of those games. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Anything else you got for us for bets tonight? Those were my two favorite ones. No, I mean, I wrote a game preview for the Lakers versus Warriors, but I can't in my right mind recommend anybody actually watch that game so i, I just took the over and was like yeah. you know what? nobody's actually going to try on defense here um even though the lakers are offensively challenged and the warriors kind of are with with steph out i just was like i'm taking the over and i'm going to bed yeah no i hear you i'm gonna have to do more research so if you follow me on twitter at parlay doc i'll see i was debating maybe pool on threes just from volume shooting that he's been having he's been hitting you know yeah. four there's been a few games he hit five you know, my only concern is I, I can never guess with Steve Kerr. And he just, I mean, he was, you know, he's, I loved him from his Bulls years because I'm a Chicago fan. But as a coach, he drives me crazy sometimes. And I, I feel like he tries overly hard to, to basically a Popovich slash Phil Jackson type of guy. And I, sometimes I can't make rhyme or reason sometimes of his strategies with rest. So um, that's always a factor and variable for me. But, you know, that's something I might potentially put out there. So I'm going to do a little more research on, on maybe some Jordan Poole props later. So. Yeah, you wonder if uh, is Kerr actually a good coach, or did he just get Steph, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson? <laughs> it's hard for me. I, you know, I I loved him as a role player on the Bulls, but as a coach, sometimes I, I I can't tell if he's trying to too hard to put on some persona to mimic his like former mentors and stuff. So yeah, coaching is such a weird thing in the NBA. Like you can tell the ones that are really really good, and you can tell the ones that are really really bad, and then in the middle it's kind of just like, is the roster good or is the roster yeah. not good? You know. Yeah. So, all right. So those are our best bets for tonight. So, you know, tail us, fade us, comment with us. Let's root together tonight to see how many of these bets turn out all right. So heading into the weekend, what do you got? What's cooking for you this weekend, Matt? Well, this is the year. I'm born in 92. All my friends are born in 92. So this is the year we all turn, we all turn 30. So I have another 30th birthday party this weekend. Not for me. Luckily, mine's not until next month, but I'm going home celebrating a 30th birthday for one of my good friends. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. What about you? Sounds good. I am heading to Las Vegas. Oh, is so that this heading, weekend? Heading to Vegas this Saturday morning. Going to be there from Saturday to Tuesday. So follow me on, uh, on at Odds Jam on TikTok. I will be doing some posts, try to do some little mini live streams, putting some wagers directly in person. There's, you know, there's something different. I know I could literally just bet on anything on my app at this point, but there's just, it's just something about going up to the counter, getting the paper ticket, handing in the paper ticket, getting that cash. You just can't replace that sometimes. And there's just something different about it. Not the so same. I, not the same. So I love it. I love doing the live betting with the actual old school tickets and, and the cash. So I'll try to post some picks this weekend. I'll try to follow us here on uh, on Odds Jam on the TikTok account, on the Twitter account. I'll try to post some stuff. So I'm going to be rocking out in Vegas this weekend. So I love it. I love it. That sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. That wraps it up for today's episode of Sweat the Bet. Thanks for following us. Remember, check out OddsJam.com. Follow Odds Jam's YouTube channel, TikTok, Twitter. We're everywhere, guys. So good luck on all your wagers tonight. See you guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know what you thought. Thank you. Thank you.